I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. I am very, very proud to announce that this is the 100th episode of The Breakdown. And I am so proud and excited for all of you who have chipped in on our action steps, who've supported this podcast, who've subscribed, who left your great reviews. We now have over 11,000 five-star reviews. And on this very, very special 100th episode, I'm dedicating all of it to the impeachment of Donald Trump. I'm not only co-signing his impeachment, I'll double down and explain why I think it's necessary. I'll explain how I think it's possible. And I'm going to say what I think the blowback is going to be because we're already starting to see it as Donald Trump begins to tweet about a civil war that might follow. Let me unpack and explain it. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the Breakdown. So the point I'm trying to make is you don't even have to be convicted of a crime to lose your job in this constitutional republic if this body determines that your conduct as a public official is clearly out of bounds in your role. Because impeachment is not about punishment. Impeachment is about cleansing the office. Impeachment is about restoring honor and integrity to the office. I don't think that I could say anything better than what Lindsey Graham, conservative Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, said all the way back in 1999 during the impeachment hearings for then-President Bill Clinton. As you may recall, Clinton was being investigated for something altogether different. But then, during that investigation, God asked if he was having an affair. And under oath, Bill Clinton denied the affair. And the House actually voted to impeach Bill Clinton. And the trial was then moved to the Senate, where they failed to get the required two-thirds majority of the votes. First, Let me say that I have actually read the Mueller report and multiple crimes committed by Donald Trump are clearly detailed in the report. And anybody saying that those crimes aren't detailed either has not read the report or is so partisan that they are just simply failing to admit what it details. What Mueller concludes in his report was that his office, the special prosecutor's office, was advised that it did not have the power to indict a sitting president and that any such indictment would have to come from Congress. Now, at this very moment, I mean, right now as you listen to this podcast, 
Donald Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, is in prison for a crime that he committed at the request of Donald Trump. It says so again in his indictment that he committed the crime at Donald Trump's request. The Mueller report not only doubled down on this, it also details multiple instances of obstruction of justice. And dozens of legal experts have all said that Donald Trump lies so much. The man has literally told a staggering 13,000 lies. Like, I can't, the, the number is so absurd that in the Washington Post, in their lie tracker of Donald Trump, he has lied over 13,000 times since he took office. And legal experts have said that he could never, ever make it through a lengthy deposition without committing perjury. Lying is that man's default. It's telling the truth that he struggles with. Now, when you can, please go back and listen to episode number 61 of The Breakdown. Whatever podcast app you're using, scroll back if you haven't heard it, or even if you have, just listen to it as a refresher. On episode number 61 of The Breakdown, there I do an entire episode on how the President of the United States cannot uphold the oath of office, cannot uphold the Constitution, which he swore to uphold, and be an active, practicing racist. I detail there very specific parts of the Constitution that Donald Trump repeatedly violates by being an open racist. That is, in part, why so many of his decisions have been overturned in the courts because they're unconstitutional. But today, I want to explain the current violations of Trump involving multiple phone calls to Ukraine that have caused a majority of the members of the House to now go on record to say that they support impeachment in one way or another. Let me break it down. The break. The United States government actively funds to the tune sometimes of hundreds of millions of dollars and sometimes billions of dollars. The United States government actively funds, actively underwrites the military cost of governments all over the country. Let me let me rephrase that. I am a taxpayer, you are a taxpayer, and the government takes still so much of the money that my wife and I work hard for and earn, and they are using the money that we earn to fund government and military actions all over the world. And please, color me naive, I openly admit that most of what I focus on today, I, I have some dom domestic experience and some international experience, but most of what I focus on are domestic policies here in the United States. And I did not fully understand. It's, it just was not on my radar. I openly confess that the United States government has been sending hundreds of millions of dollars a year to Ukraine. 
And in all of that, that the Ukrainian government absolutely relies on it, needs it, has to have it. And it's not just something that the president of the United States, not just President Obama or just President Trump, it's not just something that the president says, hey, I'm sending Ukraine money. That money is a part of the government's budget that has been voted on and approved by Congress. And this past summer, Donald Trump did something very peculiar. He instructed multiple members of his administration to hold off on giving the money that Congress already approved. He instructed multiple members of his cabinet to make sure that that money was not dispersed to the Ukrainian government. Now, right away, that is a major red flag. Now, Trump is saying that he wanted that money held off. <laughs> okay, this is this is going to be hilarious. Donald Trump says that he wanted the money that was being dispersed to Ukraine. And, and just a quick FYI, it used to be called the Ukraine, but that was done away with over a decade ago. Some people are still saying the Ukraine or the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. That Trump said, no, 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 hold off on that money because I just want to make sure the government's not corrupt. <laughs> okay, we're talking about perhaps one of the most corrupt individuals. I'm talking about before this man was ever elected president, but without a doubt, one of the most corrupt presidents who buddies and pals around with dictators all over the world is saying, hold on now, my integrity beckons, and I would like for us to hold on this until we can confirm the integrity of leadership and the integrity of, of the people and the government there in Ukraine. <laughs> okay, that's not what happened. He told them to hold the money, and while they were holding, our government was holding their disbursement, which they had already been told had been approved and was coming because he was having multiple members of his government, the Trump administration, including his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who doesn't quite work for the White House. He doesn't claim to work for the White House. He claims to be a personal attorney for Trump. Rudy Giuliani is now openly admitting, and he's saying this all over Fox News and other places, that he was talking to multiple members of the Ukrainian government to see if they would reopen a corruption investigation into Joe Biden's son. All right, let me let me break it down even more because this needs an explanation. Break it down. I am not a huge fan of Hunter Biden. And that's not necessarily connected to the fact that I am not a huge fan of Joe Biden. But I have a problem with something that Hunter Biden did. Let me first say that, sadly, it is very, very common in politics, particularly at the level of the Biden family. But what you will find and what you find in the Trump family now, the Trump family 
They have businesses and business work going on all over the world while their father is president. Like they're not they're not waiting at all. And what we see is former Congress people, current Congress people in the House and the Senate, former members of presidential administrations and their families are often in high demand for lobbying and consulting. Now, what that lobbying and consulting normally consists of is giving other corporations access to important people in power. And Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden, is one of those people. He was hired by a very obscure Ukrainian natural gas company. (laughs) Okay, think of all the job offers that come through your life and through your inbox. Um, An obscure Ukrainian natural gas company offered Hunter Biden $50,000 a month to join their board and basically operate as a highly paid consultant. Even though Hunter Biden is not an experienced energy or natural gas executive or expert, Hunter Biden was doing what we see Horribly, I think it should be banned. It should be outlawed. Multiple people in Congress right now have several bills banning such practices. Hunter Biden was being paid because that Ukrainian gas company knew who his father was. Not because he was an expert or a guru in business or in Ukrainian affairs or in natural gas or energy policy. Hunter Biden is not he's not an expert in any of those things. Doing so was not illegal. It was slimy. It was underhanded. And it is sadly, horribly, very typical of how things often go in and around Washington, D.C. At the same time, while Hunter Biden had this very extensive relationship with an obscure Ukrainian natural gas company that he was being well compensated for, Joe Biden was lobbying for one of the key prosecutors in Ukraine to be fired. Now, what the Trump administration has done is a card trick. Hunter Biden had a legal but ugly, slimy business relationship going on where he was being well paid for something he had no expertise in, He was being well paid for his access to people in high places, but it was not corrupt or illegal. Joe Biden then advocated for a lead prosecutor to be fired, not because that prosecutor was trying to prosecute Hunter Biden. Joe Biden was lobbying for this prosecutor to be fired because the man was not prosecuting corruption. Well, the card trick that I think is brilliant in the most devilish way, which is Trump's way, is that Trump has conflated Biden's statement of working hard to get a prosecutor fired that had nothing to do 
with Hunter Biden and multiple organizations and agencies independent in the Ukraine, in Ukraine, rather, and out of Ukraine have all said that there was nothing illegal there with Hunter Biden's relationship. And uh, at this point, I'm, I'm choosing to believe their determination. But when Joe Biden worked to have the prosecutor fired, it was not because the prosecutor was coming after his son. It was, in fact, because there was other horrible corruption going on and multiple agencies and government watchdogs all around the world were calling for this prosecutor to be fired, not just Joe Biden. But Trump has done what a politician will do. He's conflated those two stories, knowing that the American people will not look into them the way they need to be seen. And the American people are now being told by Trump that Joe Biden fired the prosecutor who was about to prosecute Hunter Biden. And that's just not what happened. Now, was Hunter Biden's relationship there weird and problematic? Yes, absolutely. A simple Google search of any of your favorite periodicals, be it the Washington Post or New York Times or NPR, Democracy Now! will tell you, yeah, yeah, it was problematic. But it was problematic and legal. Trump then, knowing that he could potentially use this against the man who is leading in some polls. Now, some polls have other candidates leading now, finally, and and I uh, have to conceal my glee about that. I don't think Joe Biden is the best candidate to go against Donald Trump. I think Biden could be much more likely to lose, in great part because of some weirdness like this. But Trump got on the phone with the Ukrainian president, and openly said, I need you to do me a favor, and begins talking about looking into Joe Biden's son. Mind you, Donald Trump is holding the money that needs to be dispersed to this man's government, and it appears to be what some people call a quid pro quo saying, you'll get your money if you do this investigation into one of my leading political rivals. That, ladies and gentlemen, is actually illegal. And it appears, because it was leaked by the New York Times, uh, who have put a very uh, brave, courageous person in danger, The New York Times leaked that a CIA agent was the person, we don't know if it was a man or a woman, was the person who filed a very complex whistleblower complaint against Donald Trump, believing that multiple very dangerous violations took place in those phone calls, not just because of the content of the calls, But because the Trump administration, after those calls, understanding it appears that they were problematic, began filing the transcripts and records of those calls in secret places to keep them from being reviewed. Included in many of those secret places appear to be calls and transcripts to calls to the president of Russia 
and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, both who people suspect Donald Trump has had very problematic phone calls with. And so this whistleblower complaint and the subsequent transcript that the Trump administration released of the call, the transcript that they admitted to, this wasn't an allegation. This is what they said the call actually consisted of. The transcript they released, and we have no idea how it may have been redacted or not, was very problematic. Many people felt, experts, unbiased parties, particularly because of Trump's line of, can you do me this favor now? (laughs) Um, Felt like, yeah, this is evidence of a crime, evidence of something that is horribly malicious to use the purse strings and power and budget of the government as a bargaining chip to get a foreign government to launch an investigation into the family of your leading political rival. And right away, people began calling for impeachment. It's the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown, break it down now. For the first time since Bill Clinton was president, which is not that long ago in the history of a country, I might add, it it is problematic that in our country we now in just a span of less than 20 years are on the brink of having another impeachment process of an American president. You may have seen me say this on Twitter or Instagram, but our democracy, the democracy, I almost have to, I wish you could see me putting air quotes around democracy. Our democracy is very fragile. At the point in which within 20 years, a government is on the brink of an impeachment process of its second president after previous 200 years it happened once and now in 20 years we're on the second one we're in a problematic place particularly as it pertains to character and integrity and the like but for the first time in 20 years and for many of you young listeners for the first time in your lifetime it appears that we are on the brink of an impeachment process of the president of the united states now the majority of Members of the House of Representatives have now come forward to say that they want impeachment hearings. That does not necessarily mean that they are going to vote for impeachment. But many of us believe that the hearings will only further the cause and the calls for impeachment. I fully, truly believe that the House of Representatives is going to impeach Donald Trump and What we have heard even from Congressman Adam Schiff and others is that that will happen in 2019. Now, it is the end of September. So we're talking about over the next three months, impeachment hearings will begin. And it is my full belief that Donald Trump will be impeached. Now, what the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, has said, and I have beef with this, it is one strategy. Uh, But Nancy Pelosi and a few others have said that these impeachment hearings will focus 
solely on Donald Trump's dealings with the Ukrainian president. One argument for that is the idea that this is not a witch hunt, which is which are words that other people will use. This is not just let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. I'm not necessarily against that strategy. I believe there are 10 reasons why Trump should be impeached. But there is an argument to say, no, we're not we're not throwing 10 things out. We are going down one narrow road. Now, that is one type of strategy. I think that they could go at it from many different angles. But I think there I think there's not just smoke, but there's a fire here. I think that for his entire life, Donald Trump has believed that he is above the law, that he is above accountability. And he was born this way. His own father acted the same way. Mind you, his father was arrested at a Klan rally in New York. And his father, along with Trump himself, they were both cited for racism and bigotry in the 1970s for the way they were running their housing complexes. And so these men have been problematic for generations. But Donald Trump, the president himself, has been deeply, deeply problematic his entire life. And all of a sudden, when put in the White House, he is having to obey certain rules and policies and systems of oversight that he's never had to have. And if you've ever read any lengthy articles about Trump's actual business, I'm not talking about the White House, but people who have gone to his offices in the Trump Tower, they say it is, it's so mom and pop. Like it's a few people running a small family office with old dingy carpet. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a family business with his children, his, his personal attorney is in prison, and it's just on a random floor above Central Park. I mean, his business has been uh, fraud for most of his life. You, you may recall right before he took office, he was ordered to pay $25 million in fraudulent fees and charges for Trump University, Trump stakes, all manner of frauds and businesses that have closed down and required him to either file for bankruptcy or pay enormous fees to people in return. So now that he is in the Oval Office, he's having to be held accountable in a way that he's not used to. And I actually believe with my whole heart that it is necessary for the House to move forward with impeachment. I support it. I endorse it. I believe they should move forward quickly but smartly. But I do see two problems in response to it. And I want to break those down and give you our action step for today. Donald Trump is now alluding to something very dangerous. Now, he has done something like this a few times. But late last night, he began alluding to a violent civil war if he is impeached. 
Just think about what we're talking about here. When I tell you that our country is a fragile democracy, Donald Trump is literally talking about a civil war. Let me remind you, and I am a historian of the civil war. Um, The civil war was the deadliest war in the history of this country where nearly a million people were killed and a million more lost limbs. It was vicious and tore this country apart in so many ways all around its horrible institution of American slavery. And the president of the United States, not a reality TV star, the president of the United States is now publicly warning that a civil war might be possible. You'll see on my Instagram and on social media, the semi-white supremacist organization called the Oath Keepers, which is a paramilitary organization. They openly call themselves a a well-armed militia. The Oath Keepers, on their official accounts, are openly tweeting that they now anticipate a civil war. I'm not an alarmist, but if you just heard me, I said the president of the United States is now openly saying a civil war might happen if he's impeached. And one of the leading paramilitary militias, the Oath Keepers, are openly echoing his very sentiment, literally retweeting him and adding their own flavor to it, saying that they also expect what they call a hot, what they mean by hot is violent, a violent civil war would ensue if he is impeached. Do you understand how dangerous that is? That that's what we're dealing with? I think there is one key action that we can take together. And there is something that I am concerned about is going to happen in response. I believe that the House will impeach Donald Trump, but as it stands today, just as it was with Bill Clinton in 1998 and 1999, that there are not enough votes in the Senate to make it happen. So I am a part of a team uh, that has formed something called 67senators.com. That's the number six, the number seven, senators.com. The number 67senators.com. And we are forming a team that is going to be hands-on in our approach to impeaching Donald Trump. We believe that one by one, we need to begin the process of getting every senator to go on the record of where they stand for impeachment now, and we're going to include in that process every statement they've made, and we're going to give you every phone number, every email address, so we can act together to make sure that every member of the Senate is clear And we're going to track it day by day, hour by hour. You can go now to sign up to be a part of that team at 67senators.com. The House is probably going to vote to impeach Donald Trump. That's still a few months away. But when it goes to the Senate, what's going to happen? And we need now every senator to go on record with a firm, clear statement of where they stand. If you sign up with our team now at 67senators.com, We're going to do that work together to get all of them, 
Republican and Democrat and independent alike, to go on record for where they stand. Now, here's what I'm concerned about. I believe that even if Donald Trump is impeached by the House and the Senate, I don't believe he'll leave the office. I am even concerned. This is a man who often jokes about having a third term as president, which is illegal. I am even concerned that if he loses the 2020 election, that he will not willingly leave the office. And when a man alludes to a civil war, I mean, that is something that could bring such a thing about. I I am deeply concerned. I want you to join us at 67senators.com. That's our action step for our 100th episode. And let's keep on pushing, keep on fighting, and keep doing this work together. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making it all the way through the 100th episode of The Breakdown. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love, I mean love in capital letters, bold print, we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please share this podcast with your friends and family. Because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers, and we're not going to get there without you. Of course, thank you to all the founding members of the North Star. We love and appreciate you so very much. We wouldn't have one episode of this podcast if not for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts of each episode, We'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community. And you can do that right now at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have all of our podcasts, but hundreds of original articles, over a thousand original articles and stories and commentaries from the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a special shout out to our associate producer, a 100th episode type of shout out to our associate producer, Lysandra, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every single episode. And thank you to the entire team at the North Star and all of our breakdown crew. Thank you to all of you, the listeners, the supporters, all of you who take our action steps, who make the phone calls, send the emails, and put our work to action. We're not just here to change the news. We're here to change the world. Take care, everybody. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.